I'd been meaning to put up our interviews and all these other special talks uh, about catch wrestling up on some sort of uh, podcast platform, and I'd actually been looking around, and um, now I think Anchor.fm is uh, probably one of the best bets for you. Uh, you the inter- user interface has actually gotten much better. Um, it's free. They also have all these different tools, that, which I think work much better than they used to, uh, to edit and everything, so you can uh, put up a nice podcast, which we'll get more into later, so hopefully everything gets smoother later on. Um, also, they distribute your podcast for you, so it shows up on Spotify, Apple, uh, Google Podcasts, everything like that, and you can also get sponsorships. So uh, go ahead and check it out. Thank you for listening to the Catch Wrestling Alliance podcast. What you're about to hear is a very special recording of a very special event uh, of Dan Gable speaking with the man who actually beat him in a wrestling match, Larry Onings, um, at a special event held at the Win Memorabilia Show um, at the NCAA Wrestling Finals. Um, this was moderated by Mike Chapman. He he is my good friend, and he is the leading wrestling historian. He's in several uh, halls of fame. He actually started the Dan Gable Wrestling Museum in Waterloo, Iowa. He is a very accomplished uh, historian and author. Uh, has written several books, and I'm sure if you're a big wrestling fan, you probably own at least one, if not a few. Uh, so at the beginning of this recording, though, you hear Mike mention Brian Van Clay. Uh, he is the man who is the uh, the owner of Win Magazine. Actually, Win Magazine um, was started by Mike Chapman, and he ended up selling it to Brian. But Brian is the mastermind who organized this special meeting at this event. All right, so hope you enjoy. It is, without question, the most talked about match in the history of the NCAA, and maybe in all of American amateur wrestling. I want to compliment Brian Van Clay of Win Magazine, not only for the way he runs this show that you're here seeing today, but for coming up with this idea and bringing it together. And I want to compliment Dan Gable for allowing you to share one of the most painful moments of his life with him that turned out to be a defining moment, and Larry Owens. I had never met Larry till two days ago, and I want to tell you, he is a humble, terrific gentleman who realizes what it meant. It took him, took him a few years to realize his place in history. So right now, settle back and watch on the big screen the match and some of the prelude and after, uh, afterlude of the match as defined by ESPN when they did a special on Dan Gable. You ready? Gable was going to go out there. He was going to beat his opponent. He was going to shake hands. He was going to walk off the mat. The time for celebrating came from the time he walked from the center of the mat to the edge. Then it was on to the next one. Humble off the mat as he was combative on it, Dan Gable extended his perfect streak, winning NCAA championships in 1968 and 69. Continuing his march through his senior year, Gable took a 181-0 record into his match with Washington sophomore Larry Owens in the NCAA Finals. Iowa State had just honored him two weeks earlier with this big award ceremony blanket. There's a place 
underneath the eye where we'd like to place the undefeated national champion at the end of the year. We have made room to add outstanding wrestler at the NCAA tournament. None of those opponents had a chance against Gable. Larry Owens didn't belong on a map with Dan Gable. Everybody knew that. Well, Ken Scott, the big one coming up here, Dan Gable and Larry Owens. What do you think? sold out NCAA wrestling titles in those years, but this was a hot ticket in town. Uh, Dan, I guess you got a pretty big match tonight against this uh, Owings boy from Washington. Do you have any uh, predictions? I did have uh, some interviews also while Colonel Sports was interviewing me and, and asking me uh, why I wanted to wrestle Dan Gable, and of course I looked him right straight in the eye and said, you know, I'm going to beat him. Newspaper. All of a sudden, on the blue, one of the guys goes, Hey, look at this, Gable. I go, What? Headlines here, and this guy's gonna beat you here. I go, Cool. Larry Owens used a, a fabulous psychological technique that Muhammad Ali used on Sonny Blister, and that is to be so overbearing in what you say that pretty soon your competitor can't take you seriously, and then he doesn't know what kind of a person you are. Dave Martin, Dave Makeup's niece is called. Rebound from that setback. He won the world championships not long after that in Bulgaria by completely dominating everybody he wrestled. Not long after that, he won the Olympic Games in 1972 without surrendering a single point in six matches. Along the way, Dan wrestled 19 matches in the Olympic trials in Iowa City where he pinned all six of them. And before he pinned them, he outscored them 121 to nothing. Then he went to the final trials in Anoka, Minnesota, and he wrestled seven more matches, and he gave up one point during that time to a fellow by the name of Larry Owings. Then, in the 72 Olympics, as I said, he gave up zero points. So in his last 20 matches against the greatest wrestlers in America and the world, Dan Gable gave up one point, and that was to Larry Owings. Larry had quite a career of his own. Larry was national freestyle champion one year. He was national Greco-Roman champion one year. He was NCAA champion, and he made the finals three times. I think, ladies and gentlemen, you are about to meet the single most important figure in the history of American wrestling when you combine his wrestling and his coaching, Dan Gable, and you're about to meet the man who I think might have turned in the single most impressive single victory in the history of the NCAA. Please stand and welcome Dan Gable and Larry Owens. history, it doesn't get any bigger than this, to have Larry Owings and Dan Gable here, and the fact that these two legends would come together to share their feelings with all of us, 
is one of the greatest moments I've ever experienced in my 50 years of being around the sport. Larry, let's start with you. You went into that match with all the pressure that seemingly would be on your shoulders, and yet one of my good friends, Bob Buzzard, who worked with Dan and you've wrestled, he was mat side, and he said, when you ran out onto the mat, it looked like your feet weren't even touching the floor. You were so sky high. Larry, what were your feelings in the hour leading up to the match and the match itself? Well, first of all, um, I want to tell you that I'm, I'm not a great public speaker like a lot of people, so if I get up here and stumble with my words and, and don't say the right things, uh, don't take it personal. But uh, Dan Gable had to be the toughest guy that I ever wrestled my entire career. No question about it. And uh, in order to win that match, I had to do something that I had never done before, and uh, I knew I was going to have to do that. So when I came out to wrestle Dan, uh, I was probably higher on adrenaline, not anything else. But uh, it, adrenaline was pumping, and uh, I, I knew what I had to do, and uh, I went out and uh, wrestled Dan and, and uh, tried to do what I had planned to do all along uh, to wrestling. And uh, yeah, I, I was lucky enough to come out on top. Dan, what were your feelings going into that match? I was there, and I saw the pressure that was on you. ABC was following you around nonstop. Sports Illustrated was there, the Chicago Tribune, the Wall Street Journal, reporters from all over. Everybody wanted a piece of Dan Gable uh, leading up to that match. What were your feelings, Dan? <clears throat> Obviously, my voice isn't real good right now. Uh, been screaming quite a bit, but not about this event. <laughs> There's another event going on, and this is my voice every year when I coached. So it's kind of it's kind of weird that this happened. But uh, I probably took this guy for granted from a standpoint that I was more concerned about like this event, a promotional event. And this guy just told me he was ready to go. His adrenaline was going, and his adrenaline seemed to be probably uh, a what's called a nervous high, which makes you perform better. That's how people can do extraordinarily th things. And I personally took this tournament probably too much for granted. Not that I, I, I pinned everybody up, up, up to him, but it was just one of these things that I, I didn't stick to my business, and because I didn't stick to my business, you know, maybe I was a little more vulnerable, especially at a guy that was ready to go, and and, and that was as as good as Mr. Owings here. But for me, I hate excuses, and so I can, you know, I can, in my mind, I can conjure a lot of things. And I could talk about that, but the bottom line, I, I, I was a coach. And from my coaching success, I attribute a lot of what took place leading into this match. And I still dissect it 
not just the eight minutes, but the 365 days that went from the national tournament from a year before that every day of the year. And that's why I believe that I was became a better coach. Well, first it was an athlete, but then the coaching skills is because of experiencing something that was traumatic from a standpoint of wins and losses, not life and death, but wins and losses. And because you experience something like that, and that's going to be your profession, I went back 365 days and started, and I've went through it many times, and I have many reasons why maybe I took a match for granted, for an example. And not that it might have made any difference, but I don't know that. I do, I do know that the difference was from then on in my life, and that's what is really important. Larry, I've gotten to know you a little bit, and I've read about you, and I've talked to people who know you, and they say not only you are, are you a very nice guy, but you're a shy guy. Uh, I don't know if you're an introvert, but how, how did this match change your life? What was it like in the ensuing years to be known as, as the man who beat Dan Gable? Uh, it's real difficult to answer that question. I, I am an introvert. I, I hate crowds. Um, I, I hate, uh, well, I don't mind performing in front of people, but what I hate is the people coming up to me and, and uh, saying, oh, you're the guy that beat Dan Gable. And, you know, I'd like to be known as Larry Owings, the, the, Larry Owings, the nice guy. Uh, but, uh, you know, it took me years. Uh, I, at first, I, I tried to stay away from it, shy away from the Dan Gable thing, people that catch me on the corner and ask for my autograph and stuff like that. And, and I'd always oblige them, of course. But uh, I, I think it had a negative impact on my wrestling career because I, I didn't like this type of attention. And so uh, it kind of had a negative effect, so to speak. Um, a few years ago, uh, I retired. I've been retired now about 15 years or so. And uh, it, it came to a point in my life, I said that, you know, this uh, win against Dan Gable happened for a reason. And uh, before that time, I, I kind of didn't really analyze what was going on, but I really had a chance to stop and think and reflect on my life at that retirement point. And uh, I realized that I, I must have beaten Dan Gable for a good reason. God had, had given me this chance and this talent in wrestling, and I won this match. So there had to be something more out there that, that uh, I was supposed to do. So instead of fighting the, the Dan Gable match uh, and trying to stay away from it, I kind of said, okay, I'm going to embrace it and uh, use, use it to the betterment of other wrestlers. And so I had a change of attitude. And uh, I think that has helped me to be more at peace with myself. And uh, hopefully I'm helping the wrestling community. Dan, you said that uh, that victory or that loss really helped you become a better coach. And of course, you won 15 NCAA team titles. And I don't know how many of you know this, this guy, 
coached the University of Iowa 21 straight Big Ten team titles. Do you think Larry should have gotten a plaque as assistant coach of the year for some of those years for helping you uh, get to that level? And if not, just talk about how how you responded to that setback in your life. I mean, magnificently, because we all know what you've done. But how did you how did you cope with that? I haven't. <laughs> If you would have saw me five minutes ago before I came out here, I was a balling baby back there, um, kind of. It was more like it's inside of you, and the reason why I'm doing this event is because I want to get a lot of it more out of me. Uh, and, uh, you know, certain things happen in life, and again, it's W's and L's. It's not L's and D's, life and death, but this thing probably, for me, I, t I took on a big world, you know, on, on how it affected other people, the people that love me. And that's my hardest. My hardest part was my mom and my dad, you know, and my, and my friends and things like that. So, you know, even, even probably today, I, my daughters are out here and their family, and they probably, you know, know that I need to, you know, move on. <laughs> and... Uh, it's not that I haven't moved on because it's created a lot of scientific uh, things that go off in your mind and, and you become better to try to eliminate uh, things that you know that you don't want to happen. So for me, it's uh, it's a little different world, um, but you know I I think I moved on. But apparently, about 15 minutes ago. You know, there's some more that helped me move on to the, uh, to what I, you know, need to do with my life as far as continuing to promote the sport of wrestling. The sport of wrestling is me, and, you know, that's the difference, you know, because I, I've never really gotten away from it at all. I've had my family hooked on it. They're all here, and I love it, and that's I want to promote it. And this is what we're doing right now. Just so you know, I, I was sitting back here watching the match too, and uh, it nearly brought me to tears. And I, I want you to know that I'm sorry I had to beat you. You should have been a different weight class. <laughs> no, seriously, uh, uh, it, it, you you have no idea what it what it's like to win your first national title until you've done it. And it is so emotional. Um, I, I can't. I, I don't have words to express it, but it, it is really is. And and seeing it over and over again. When when I was standing on that podium above down there, and and uh, I don't know if you saw it in the video, but you know I I actually felt sorry, felt felt sympathy for Dan at that time, and uh, I nearly cried myself because. I don't know, I guess I'm sort of an emotional guy sometimes. But, uh, you know, I, I hoped it was okay <laughs> and that uh, it did some good in your life. And I know it's brought me a lot of, lot of things, uh, and I, I appreciate you. Let me, uh, we're going to conclude here in uh, a couple minutes because uh, we're running long on time and a lot of you want autographs. And these two have very graciously consented to do that. 
But I want to say one thing to you coaches out there, whether you're a parent coaching or you're a high school coach or a kids coach or anything, watch the end of that match and see the incredible dignity that these two men brought to the sport. There was no jumping for joy. There was no running around. I won, I won. Larry looks at Dan. Dan looks at Larry. Dan, Larry, even halfway, pulls him up. They shake hands. They go their separate ways. Watch how they conduct themselves in what may be the single most important collegiate match of all time. And it's example for all the young athletes coming up. And I want to say what an honor it is to be sitting, I'm going to repeat myself, between the man that I consider the number one figure in the history of collegiate wrestling and the man that I think has showed as much courage in one match to go out there and do what most of us thought was the impossible. To be sitting between these two is one of the highlights of my 50-year career, and thank you for coming. Just so that I can get the last word here, I want you to remember three things. Three things. Number one, never quit. Number two, always believe in yourself. And number three, look around to see if there are people that you can help. Because by helping them, it makes you a better wrestler. If it's in wrestling or if it's anything else, it makes you a better person too. Thank you for joining us for the Dan Mayo Larry Audio presentation.